Hey you guys, welcome back to the Health Without Limits podcast. Today I have a guest on the podcast. I have Amanda Laporte on and she is the face behind the Flexing Flexitarian on Instagram. I'll put that in the show notes because you guys will for sure want to give her a follow after you hear today's conversation. But Amanda has a background in exercise science and she's now working towards a master's in dietetics. So she's really got that well-rounded background between fitness and nutrition. And we just chatted today kind of across the board. We talked about diet culture and kind of how it's shifted our mindset and how it's led to restrictive eating and food guilt. We talked about, you know, what to do if you're in that rabbit hole of diet culture and you want to get out. Um, And then we also talked about the not so sexy part of health, the part where we're thinking ahead to things like our cholesterol and our heart health and why we should care about those things. I don't want to give our whole conversation away today, but um, I really enjoyed this one and I think that you guys will too because she really offers some great tips and tricks of just simple ways to take charge of your health and have the power and create change now. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Be sure to check her out on Instagram for some really great content and I'll catch you guys at the end. So hey Amanda, thanks for coming on the podcast. We're excited to chat with you today. Yeah, excited to be here. So why don't we, I'll have done a little bit of an intro on you, but why don't you tell us more about yourself and how you got into the health field, how you got into dietetics and all of that. So yes, I, uh, my background is in exercise science. Um, before that, I have always been kind of an active person growing up. I played a lot of sports. Um, volleyball was kind of my main, main thing I stuck with. Um, both my parents were really active, so I just kind of grew up in, um, in an active kind of home life and then chose to go into exercise science for my first undergrad. Um, and then beyond that, um, once I graduated, um, I had a little bit of time just working kind of in the field. Um, I was in, uh, I was an exercise tech at a physical therapy clinic for about a year, which was really cool. Um, just a different perspective, but I wasn't really interested in going the PT route. I didn't really want to do personal training and your options, Kind of feel limited i guess sometimes with an exercise science degree so um once i kind of just was out of school for a while and was just sitting on it um i i kind of realized that my passion i was still very interested in health but my passion was kind of moving more towards eating and food and how we can um you know nurture ourselves using food um and so that's when i decided to go back into school to pursue a dietetics degree which i just completed in december and have since started my master's in dietetics um, just this semester. So wow. that answer everything. Sorry. Oh yeah. Cut out. I don't, I don't remember what the whole point no, was. that was, no, that's perfect. So now as you're getting your master's in dietetics, how long does that take? Yeah. Um, this program is awesome. It's really customizable. So I'm hoping, um, the pace that I've kind of set for myself, I'm, I'm hoping I can do it in about a year and a half. Um, potentially one year, if it doesn't kill me, I'm also working full time. Um, very relaxed, environment for work which is great but um juggling both of those can I, I just don't want to burn out so oh yeah half and then if I'm super ambitious a year that's great that's awesome and it's just that's what I always love about your page is you've got that like exercise background but then you're also now bringing the nutrition to it with your dietetics so it's just like so well-rounded what you share on your page um 
So like I said, you share a lot of great content on there around nutrition, exercise, but you put something out there recently about exercising for reasons other than just like your physical look or like as a self-loathing purpose. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, is that something that you've personally struggled with or is it just something that you've seen a lot in the field? Yeah, no, great question. Um, these two things, exercise and nutrition, are obviously so intertwined. Um, and yes, my background um, has been kind of all over the place just as I learned how what worked for me. Um, so yes, I definitely used to exercise out of just wanting to change how I looked. I had no idea what I was doing, and I would go to the gym and just spend hours, literally like two hours a day. I loved it, but I... I was doing it out of, you know, oh, this is what I have to do to lose weight or to get rid of, you know, tummy flab or whatever. Um, and I should preface with, there's nothing wrong with wanting to change how you look, at least how I feel. I, if you want to lose weight, if you want to, if you've got physique goals, which I personally have now, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think we, we all are so forced into thinking because of diet culture and just, you know, comparisons. And social media, we compare ourselves that it's really easy to think that you are forced to do that. And I think that's where that self-loathing component comes in, like you were saying. Um, but reasons beyond that, I mean, that that can kind of start you, maybe get you into the door, going to a gym or exercising or whatever. Maybe that's how you start your journey. But you will always be, you will always find something to pick apart with yourself. And so at least personally, from what I see and just in talking to, to friends and, and other people, you know, that, that only carries you so far before you're just going to continue to, you know, you'll never lose enough weight or you're never going to slim down enough. And so I'm, I'm rambling, but I think that's what, what starts you kind of maybe getting going. But then beyond that, I mean, there's so many other benefits of exercising and where at least my headspace is at now. And what I love just for more people to, to experience is just one, the joy of being able just to move your body and um, health is such a gift and I, I try personally to not take it for granted. And I think a lot of people do, especially in our younger ages, we, it's so easy to feel invincible and oh, I don't, I don't have any conditions. I'm healthy. Um, I'm fine. So I'll just carry on like I do, um, that it's really easy to forget how much our health is a gift. And so I, I, I use that, try, I, I try to use that as motivation to, um, continue to help help me with exercising just to appreciate my body and just try to get stronger. Um, think of my heart as, as a muscle and try to make that work too. And so um, I think that's kind of a good motivator. And then uh, obviously if you have, you know, kids that you want to be healthy for or um, someone that you're trying to set an example for, um, motivators like that tend to carry you further than just the self-loathing or, you know, wanting to change X, Y, Z. So uh, I could go on about that. I feel like it's different for everybody, and I have kind of rambled a bit, so sorry. But um, yeah, I think that that's something I'm really passionate about, and I, I, I wish that more people could kind of tap into that because there, there's so much pressure to change your body, to exercise to change your body when there's so many other benefits that can come from it. Yeah, and I love how you talked about like that it can just bring you joy, because I think. You know, I I personally have gotten a lot of people where I'll say something like that and they're like, yeah, right. But I think that when you're going into exercise as a means to, 
you know, be cruel to yourself, pick yourself apart and never have that end point, then of course it's not going to bring you joy. It's going to be something you dread. It's going to be something that is just negative because it's not doing what you want it to do. Right. But once you flip that switch of like, okay, let's find the exercise that I actually like doing. Let me move in a way that just feels good. I can work out for 10 minutes and feel good. I can work out for an hour and feel good. There's no rules around it that I think that's the time that it does bring you joy. And like you said, it's fine to have physical goals as well. But I think that those are almost the things that come as like byproducts of doing what you enjoy doing. Yes. Yeah. And that looks so different. I love that you touched on that too, that, you know, it can be 10 minutes, it can be five minutes, whatever that... Uh, you don't have to get into a certain mold. And I know that was so much of my background. Oh, to work out means you go to a gym and you lift weights. Like that was kind of just my thinking. And I played sports, so I guess I kind of had that too. But I mean, there's so many, it's awesome that there's so many different things you can do out there now with different, you know, spin classes or just, I live in the Pacific Northwest where there's rock climbing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many things you can do now that count as just movement. So yeah, like you said, like finding things you enjoy and then the, the weight loss, if that's something you're interested in, like that, will come just, yeah, as a secondary benefit or whatever. Yeah. And you also touched on just now, but I know on your page too, that you talked about like health for the long term. Like a lot of times in the younger generation, we're not thinking about things like our heart health or our cholesterol or our bones. Like it's just like something that we think, well, down the road, it'll be what it is. Like, what do you, what are things that like we could start doing now that would really impact us down the road like why should we care kind of thing yeah i know that's that's a really good question and honestly as i read through some of some of the stuff in school i'll catch myself like okay yeah yeah i get this but then i'll stop and be like wait like this can happen to me now or there's things i'm doing now that are impacting this and so um yeah it's really easy just to kind of be like no i'll worry about that later um honestly and and even though it might be kind of boring if you're not interested, but honestly, just educating yourself and finding credible, credible people that have, uh, your best interest at heart health, you know, your health in mind, um, as I share information, there's so, so much information out there, which that was actually part of why I went into dietetics because I was confused for myself trying to figure it all out and figured everyone else was. And so definitely looking at things critically and trying to, um, I guess, get sound information, but yeah, starting with building that foundation of knowledge and then I guess trying to find um you know what's maybe important to you or or do you have a a history of uh, family members that deal with things because oftentimes people that have family history of stuff like you're you're going to be more prone if you've got family history um so I guess just be more educated about you know your family's health health backgrounds um parents and then you know trying to understand um kind of holistically what you could be eating now or, or how you could be fueling yourself now or what types of how long you need to exercise per day just kind of basic things i feel like it gets really overwhelming to think you know oh my gosh i need vitamin a b c d and what foods do i need to mm-hmm. get it gets really overwhelming to think about it and try to dissect things that way but just to look at it more as a overall how how can i get um the biggest bang for my buck with food how can i you know try to fulfill everything um, throughout my day and then, you know, exercise, what can I, what, what's, what's the requirement? How can I squeeze that into my day? Um, so trying to, I guess, break it down into kind of manageable bite-sized things instead of, I need so many, so milligrams of this, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember that. Who even knows what that is? You know, like, I don't know right. what that is. So, you know, without having to 
figured out in that in that detailed of way because that just gets overwhelming and you're gonna lose people. So because I know I would need that and be like, okay, great. I don't know what that means. How does that mm-hmm. translate to my life? So um, yeah. So just trying to not overwhelm yourself. Um, yeah, and try to break it down into bite-sized, no unintended uh, bite-sized pieces um, to make it more understandable and then attainable, I guess. Well, and I think too, like you said, like knowing your family history, knowing what you're you're prone to, kind of the choices you make now, I would imagine it's going to look different for every person. You know, if you're prone to diabetes versus if you're prone to arthritis, like your, your diet's going to look different. The the exercise that you do is going to look different. And I think that sometimes, unfortunately with social media and with diet culture, healthy eating almost gets just like warped into one way, you know, the good foods and the bad foods. And in a situation like what you're talking about, like what's good for somebody might actually be bad for somebody else. Yeah. No, that's so true. And I, it's taken me these years of being in dietetic school to really realize that. I honestly, like I said, I started going to school for nutrition to see, okay, what are we supposed to be eating? Like that was kind of my goal. There's so much information, but what, what's the truth? And I came out of it at the end being like, there, there is no truth. Like we all know that yes, you need fruits and vegetables and protein and carbs and fat. But even what I just said, like some people don't metabolize carbs well. And so they need to have a low carb diet. And so even within that, there's all these little caveats for every person. And yeah, like you said, everyone's health backgrounds impacts that and stuff. So really like, yeah, you very much, and that's why it takes time to invest in understanding what you need what your body is, you know, how, how your body handles different things, what your goals are. And nutrition is just such a personalized thing. And you're right. Like it very much social media definitely tries to just tone it down to do this. And yes, that works for this person, but maybe not going to work for you. So it, yeah, it can be overwhelming, but it's worth it to take the time to, to figure it out. And I think it's exciting. I mean, to know that food can manipulate your body and you can feel certain things by eating certain things. I, I don't know. I just think it's cool. Oh, yeah. Because you feel it, too. And then it's just like, totally. it's so cool to know you have that control. But totally. it's funny, like you said, when you went into dietetics, like kind of where your mindset was. Because similarly, when I got my fitness nutrition um, specialist certification, I was very much in a headspace of like trying to fit the mold. I would eat, you know, like the 100 calorie packs and everything was cauliflower rice. And, you know, I thought that I was being like healthy. And then as I kind of grew with that and got my precision nutrition cert, like it turned into, well, no, really actually whole foods is what's healthy. And that's where like you start to actually feel the difference. But it's like we said, that diet culture just kind of molds you into like, how can I get the least amount of calories possible the least amount of fat it seems to be is the one that's like everybody's scared of and I do wish that you know not that people have to run out and get a degree in nutrition but I do wish that there were more voices kind of sharing that it's not about that it is about you know fats shouldn't be feared carbs shouldn't be feared and here's why to hopefully start shifting the conversation of what diet culture is doing totally yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I know, like, just in some of the other people I follow on social media, they they do have those degrees, but everyone comes at nutrition with a different philosophy. And you and I kind of talked about this offline a little bit of, 
you know, how, how do they approach nutrition? And so even within the conversation that's happening, you know, you, you still might have to kind of weed through people and philosophies. And again, with that mindset of, okay, just because it works for them doesn't mean it's going to work for me. And yes, this information is coming from a credible person that has those credentials, but it still might not be the philosophy or the approach for me. So, um, which can get frustrating. I mean, for the everyday person that's, I just want to lose weight or I just want to, you know, lower my cholesterol or I just want to feel better. Sometimes that's frustrating to think that you have to do all this work to figure it out. But Mm -hmm. I mean, you get one body, you get one life, like invest in it. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so like with diet culture, as we're kind of talking about that whole connotation of what it's turned into, I think, I know I see a lot of like restrictive eating, a lot of food guilt or like binging and then having food guilt. So how do you approach nutrition with yourself or even like when you're suggesting things on your page to avoid that? Yeah, that's a good one. And honestly, I feel like my, my personal journey with this has totally evolved over the span of me being in school and then just eyes being open just from different people I follow on, on social media. But, um, so I, I was really into, um, macro counting. So counting the macros for carbs, fats, and, um, proteins. And I was doing that for a few years and loved it really felt like I noticed results. And I, it was very helpful for me to be very black and white. I know what I have to work with. I'm logging it. I've got this much left. Good. Um, so it was, it was very helpful for me to have that kind of strict, guideline. Um, but I would notice as I was doing it for so long, um, I did very much kind of start getting into that mentality of the, um, you know, is it outside of my macro amount or, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't save enough macros for this piece of cake or this glass of wine. So how, you know, I, I shouldn't be doing that. Or if I do it then I feel horrible the next day. And so I did kind of get, um, get into a mindset. And I wasn't so religious with my, my macro tracking that I would, you know, do it to the exact gram. I had some leeway, but, um, anyway, so kind of fast forward a bit, I guess. Um, it definitely took me some time and learning more about the whole food freedom movement and intuitive eating movement that, uh, really is all about listening to your body and being mindful when you're eating and, before you eat, if you're hungry, just knowing, um, knowing basically what cues your body is giving you. And so that's been something that I've been practicing a lot for myself, um, and, and trying to voice uh, more on my page just about how, how we all have to eat. That's, we cannot avoid that. So if your body is telling you, Hey, I really want a sweet right now, or, you know, I love Cheez-Its and I don't have them in the house because I might have too many, you know, that, that type of mentality. Um, if we just start tapping into thinking about what our body wants and trusting ourselves with, if I allow myself to have this, um, I can have some without having all. And I know that balance is hard. And I still, I mean, honestly, I still struggle with that sometimes. We've had Oreos in the house and it's way too easy for me just to keep (laughs) grabbing Oreos out of the box. And before you know it, I've had, you know, half a row. Um, so it, it definitely, I feel like, still is a process, but just learning to to listen to what your body is telling you, what you feel like you want at this time, but then also knowing when to stop and that it's okay to stop. 
I think that's something um, it's really easy to feel like, oh, I've already started. I'm just going to finish the whole bag or whatever. And so when we when we allow ourselves to have some, it's also okay to allow ourselves to stop and know that, you know what, I'm satisfied. This was great. I'm going to save some for tomorrow. Um, that was kind of a huge rabbit trail all over the place. So I hope that answers No, absolutely. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Because a lot of people deal with, you know, their first thing when they're going on a diet or they're changing their eating patterns is to get everything bad out of the house. Yeah. And like you said, it almost makes it more um, desirable because you can't have it. And Yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think a lot of people can relate to that. What, like if you had to give somebody a tip that was totally in that place right now, like... If I have it in the house, I'm going to binge on it, or I have food guilt, this type of thing. Yeah. Like, what would you say is a good way to get started? Like, I know you talked about getting in touch with how the body feels when you have those foods. Yeah. Like, do you have any, like, simple ways for people to just kind of tap into that? Yeah, I know. It kind of sounds pokey. Just, oh, just tap into your emotions. I know it kind of sounds all like, oh, but really. it, but, but it really uh, is, Yeah. But yeah, so I would say to, to start is, and, and what I've been trying to practice um, is to really, you know, if you start feeling hungry or if you start, if you're at home working or, or something and you, and you get the feeling that like, okay, I want to eat something, but really like sitting and thinking, what is it that I, I feel like I need? And so I've been noticing the past few days, like mid-afternoon, I'll have lunch and I, it was great and I'm totally full, but like an hour later, I still feel empty and I realize I've been eating like a sweet or something. And so I'll go chop up like an apple with peanut butter because that's kind of sweet or I'll have an Oreo or something and like I'll have it and I'm good. And so being able to, yeah, so so starting out with just kind of sitting and and truly just like, okay, what what do I feel like I need? But then also kind of for for the person that's maybe afraid that if they have something in the house um, that they'll binge on it, um, honestly, just allowing yourself to have it, but then using like a bowl or a plate, like helping, uh, if you're afraid that you're going to binge on the whole box, do portion sizes for yourself and not to restrict. Don't, you know, you don't have to have just like little, little bits and pieces, but allow yourself to have some, but if you're afraid of going overboard, then maybe just start with, um, a, a bowl of chips or something like that. So that's kind of a simple tip. Um, and again, something that I've been trying to practice for myself. I know mm-hmm. I love having certain sweets in the house or whatever. Um, so starting, yeah, with, with being able to still give yourself the option to have it. Um, but if you're afraid of going overboard, just to kind of start, start with that. Um, and then to the other person, Oh, food guilt. Um, and then to deal with food guilt, because I think that is so something we all, we all can experience. Um, it's just to remember that, we are all human and we were we were born to enjoy food like being able to enjoy food is such a gift and so the fact that you enjoyed chips cake wine whatever like that is a gift to be able to enjoy that kind of stuff and so to not beat yourself up that you enjoyed it too much or that you don't have willpower um and just to remember yeah that um you know, it's one, it's one day that the next day you can choose to eat differently if, if you want to, but not out of guilt, but out of, you know, I, I could have more vegetables today to, you know, 
add, add more nutrition to my, to my life or whatever. So, um, I don't know if those are, those still might be kind of vague. Um, no, I feel like those, are. those are really practical tips that people, because there's no restriction involved there. You're not telling them like, well, just get it out of the house. It's, yeah. you know, try to put it in a bowl, try to put it in a plate, try to check that yeah. portion size, but you have the control ultimately. And if you do go quote unquote overboard, it's yeah. okay. You know, it's, it's food. Yeah. It's okay. And you don't have to punish yourself for it. But yeah. I do think that like tapping into how it makes you feel and just noticing those cues that your body is giving you, mm-hmm. it's huge. Like personally, I started to notice that as I've progressed in my pregnancy, my stomach doesn't have as much space in it. So like my eating is different. And I'm somebody that usually after dinner, I would always have some kind of a sweet, whether it was like a Yasso bar or something that I made. And I found over the last few weeks that I was continuing to have that, but I wasn't hungry. Like I would finish having that sweet and just feel so full and uncomfortable that I was finally yeah. like, this is a routine for me and I don't have to do this. Like, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. And it wasn't a food guilt thing. It was just that feeling of like, I don't need this. Yes. Oh, that, that is such a good point. Um, yeah. <laughs> Habitual snacks and that kind of thing is so, so easy to get into that routine. And then like you said, once you start thinking about it, I know I was doing that with glasses of wine. I would have a glass of wine like almost every night, sometimes two, and I would not enjoy it. Like some days I would just, I don't want this, but it's just a habit. Mm-hmm. And I'd wake up and you know, you don't sleep as great after you've, been, after you've had alcohol or something. And so, um, yes, but that, that breaking that habit because you can, is like so empowering just to know that, like you said, like I, this doesn't make me feel good. I'm already full and I'm totally satisfied. I don't need this. And when you have the power or not power, I mean, it is, I guess when you, when you have your own power to say, I'm choosing to not have this, even though I can, I choose not to like, that's, that's so empowering. And, and if you want it, you can still choose to have it too. So yeah, that's, that's a really good point too. And I just like, as I'm thinking even about this conversation, like I just think so many people will hopefully hear it and think like, is it really that simple? And it, it, it's not, but it is like, it yeah. is as simple as that you have the control that yeah. you can have these things around you and you can move on from them. You can tap into how they make you feel. And it's not something that's easy by any means. It's yeah. going to take a long time for you to, to practice and you're not going to get it right the first time. Yeah. But then once you do feel consistent with it, it just kind of becomes a part of your day-to-day life where food is not this all-encompassing thing anymore. It's just part of your day. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's so good. And I would just add a little bit more on like the tough love side of things. Like you said, that we have the control. I think, I think it's so easy and especially in the, you know, instant gratification world that we live in just to sign up for a food plan and then boom, you expect like, I'll get it. Like I'll be working with a coach and it'll just be great. Whatever. Everyone wants the easy, easy fix, which guilty, like we all want that, mm-hmm. but taking the responsibility and knowing that, nope, this is me. I'm choosing how I feel myself. Um, you're not a child anymore. So being able, like you are picking what you put in your body, um, can be hard to wrestle with because you want someone to 
make it easier for you, like you said, but having, yeah, knowing that you are in control, you make these choices, and it's not easy, but it's worth it, and like you said, once you practice it more and more, it just becomes more natural, and so I think I think that's something that is hard for people to grasp with sometimes, because especially if you're paying to work with someone, mm-hmm. or you know, you've done all your research, you create your own plan, whatever, you expect that, okay, I got it, like, I'm motivated, let's do it, but it's not that easy, and it does take practice, so I think, yeah, when people can grasp that, I think that's kind of a good starting point to, to understand, like, it's going to be hard, I'm going to have to take responsibility for my health, but it's going to be so worth it in the long run. And I love that you mentioned that, too, like, I, I, I've had clients that assume that because they've hired a coach that I'm going to, quote, unquote, fix it, and yeah. they're almost, they're shocked when I'm put the ball in their court, you know, and say, actually, we're going to kind of go based off how you feel. We're going to go based off where you are, because my goal is that you don't need me down the road. And if you're finding a coach that's trying to string you along for a long time, they're probably not in it for the right reason. But that's definitely, I would say, a shock for a lot of people to to hear, because it's not the norm. But so where do you see yourself like as I know you said you have another like year, year and a half with your master's. Do you have like a goal or a a passion in a certain area of dietetics that you see yourself working? Yeah, it's kind of evolved. Um, My emphasis right now for my master's is in sports nutrition. So I I know because my background with exercise science and nutrition that those two very much are are both my passions Um, eventually. So. Beyond my master's, I will do an internship um, and then hopefully become a registered dietitian. So that's the end goal. Um, the internship's about 1,200 hours, which takes, give or take, a year, year and a half, whatever. Um, so beyond that, and then I hopefully become a dietitian. I'd love to have my own practice to work at this point, which is, again, this is years down the road. Um, but I, I'd love to work with people with both the aspects of fitness and nutrition. So either working with it wouldn't have to be athletes, but working with athletes, people training for something specifically, or just the person that is an average exerciser or the person that wants to incorporate that more in their lives. I'm not a personal trainer, but I do have background in, mm-hmm. in that kind of stuff. So at this point, that is what I'm leaning towards. But again, that's two and a half, hopefully just two years away. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure that'll fly by anyways. And I, that would be cool for you. I mean to tap into kind of what you have your undergrad in and now the master's and put that all together and then be able to do both. I think that would be really cool. And there's definitely a need for it, especially I would say with the athletes. Um, My husband and I actually, we own a gym and he's got a lot of athletes that are high school age, middle school age. But you find with that high school age group, at least I do, they're motivated because the sport is so motivating and they're going to do whatever they need to do to excel in their sport. And I think now there's more of a realization that yes, it's, it's lifting, it's your training, but it is also your nutrition. And they're a little bit more willing to kind of try new things. I don't know if you've seen that too. Oh, totally. Definitely the motivation, but it's interesting though, with, even though the motivation is there, I'm actually doing a research project right now on um, high school athletes, but there's a huge gap in their nutrition because they, they are so focused on their sport that they, they don't have time to eat, they don't have time to make meals, they don't know how they should be fueling their bodies. And so I've actually been researching, um, but there's a big gap in that population 
currently, but um, yes, just in general, that um, there's a huge need for it with, with that space. And yeah, having the motivation, they, they definitely want to stick to goals. But when you get to that kind of level too, you're, it gets more specific, you know, especially with mm -hmm. those specific sports, you know, soccer players feel differently than, than basketball players and stuff like that. So, which I think is, is fascinating. But even just, like I said, the average exerciser, I'm not an athlete, but I'm trying to eat according to me. I lift weights. And so I'm trying to, what's the best way that I need to be fueling my body to recover and properly, you know, pre-workout fuel. Mm -hmm. um, so just even just the, the recreational exerciser that I yeah. consider myself as there's little science to it so it's really interesting yeah that's really cool actually i'll be excited to kind of keep up with your page and keep keep watching as you like research and learn more because i'm right there with you that's all like cool stuff to learn about and i yeah, i enjoy yeah. hearing about that stuff selfishly um yeah but as we wrap up why don't you share um where people could find you whether it's social media or best place to kind of look yeah, um, I don't understand how people can juggle so many different social media platforms <laughs> at once. I am on Instagram yep. um, at the flexing underscore flexitarian. Um, I have Facebook, but it's super not active. So mm -hmm. you can find me on there, but yeah, I'm with you. So <laughs> currently, just the Instagram is the best place to start. But um, and then yeah, DM I guess comments and my yeah. email if you need it. But Instagram is good. <laughs> it is. It's the place. It's that's where I hang out too. I I try Facebook, yeah. but I just I don't know. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I'm on there for like group conversations. Like I'm a, I'm a part of some groups on Facebook that are nice to be a part of, but I'm not active myself. And yeah, I just don't get how people can juggle so many different platforms at once. Oh, I do TikTok, but I'm hardly on that too. So. <laughs> doing better than me <laughs> well I'll make sure to put your Instagram in the show notes so that people can give okay. you give you a follow and reach out to you but I'm so glad you were able to come on today and do this yeah thanks this is so fun thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the health without limits podcast you guys know that I appreciate your support more than anything and really love having this outlet to just share my voice too don't forget to reach out to me on social media so that we can connect you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Both of those will be in the notes section of this episode. I'll catch you guys in the next one.